0: Navigating the Datascape with Warner Chavez and special guests.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to the Datascape. This is Warner Chavez and I am really excited today. We're going to talk to the myth, the man, the legend straight from India, Mr. Pinal Dave. Pinal, how are you this morning? Well, morning for me, I guess it's evening for you actually.
0: First of all, absolutely. There. Well, Namaste. And then I'm, I'm really, really delighted to be here. And uh, uh, yes, it's definitely evening. And thanks for pronouncing my name correct. Pinaldave. And yeah, it's uh, fun to start. Many people think uh, from my name, they think I lo- I'm located different places. So it works out in a good way. And sometimes it's a funny way. But yes, overall, I'm truly excited to be in this podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And... For people that are in the Microsoft uh, data space, uh, your name doesn't really need a lot of introduction. They know almost everybody that has been working with SQL Server over the last 20 years has landed on your blog. The, the man is the SQL authority. But um, for all the people that might be listening that are not familiar with you, can you just give them a quick intro? Like, you know, how did you get started in the industry where you are today? So I, I think I want to
0: just talk about what I am right now. or or, or if you, somebody asks me, "Hey, Pinal," and if they meet me in elevator and say, um, "What do you do?" And I just yeah. this is what I tell people that um, I'm a writer who know how to solve the real world performance tuning challenges in SQL. So that's what has been my pitch. So that's what I like to introduce myself. Like if the server is running slow, it's and if there is a SQL involved, uh, you can involve me and probably I might have seen the problem. I never say I know the solution, but I've seen the problem. So let's discuss yeah. about what we
1: can do with that. Yes. Or, or or you know somebody that as well, right? That's the other power of, uh, as you accumulate I mean, experience, uh, it's the power of the network that you also right. accumulate over time, right?
0: Correct. So I have been working with a lot of different databases. So people say, oh, when you say SQL, so is yeah. it like this product, that product? So I would say this way, I have worked with MySQL, SQL Server, Oracle a little bit, uh, MariaDB and Postgres SQL or Postgres, as well as MongoDB and few of uh, the databases which is around them like NoSQL one. And what I just started to learn about and uh, getting involved with the Snowflake because I go to a client's place and they have that deployment. So that is uh, my new thing, which I've been getting involved way more than what I was two years ago. So this mm-hmm. is interesting how the world is shifting. So this is where I am. This is what I do and I like to learn different database technologies.
1: So so Pinel, you obviously people uh, you know know you a lot from the SQL Authority blog and, and for a long time it was yes. like, you know, you published a lot of SQL Server material. Um, yes. How, how did you get started with SQL Server specifically? Did you enjoy it? Was it just, you know, a career thing where you were working mostly with it? Was it really popular back you know, like right. 10 years ago?
0: I thought this is a good question, actually. Um, so when you, thank you for mentioning SQL Authority multiple times. I, I'm usually shy not to talk about it because that's <laughs> what I've done my whole life. So a brief intro about the website would be, I have over 5,500 blog posts there. I've been writing for 14 years. And if you take an average, I have written one, more than one blog post um, since I started the blog. So yeah some day two some day one and yeah mm. overall uh, quite a lot A lot of sql server related technology sql server primary and it went to uh, multiple domains afterwards as I, which i mentioned and i think a lot of people know me from sql authority because um what just again uh, i i just want to make sure that uh, my folks around here whose english is not a first language don't think that this is a criticism but or or a negative note but i for me english is a second language and i wanted to improve that right i mean it's okay. i want to be as good as i can be how about that so in that way i started to write because when i write and read it again um i learn i learn i learn oh it doesn't sound good oh it's too long a statement i should i should have a comma so that is how i started to write because mm-hmm. when you speak um look, people are very forgiving but when That's you true. write i think uh, Microsoft Word itself or any of the tool is not forgiving you.
1: So that's big difference. <laughs> that's a and good that's point. how
0: I started. Yeah. So so blogging was
1: also a way for you to practice your Correct. second language. Yes. And
0: and and present it out to the people, said, Oh yeah, look at that. But and that sounds good because now I've corrected a lot of mistakes. I have sh- I've learned not to be because English was never um my strength uh, 14 years ago until today, um many ways. So what I did is that I just put it out make sure it's correct, it's not verbose, it's direct to the point, and it solves your problem. So that's how the SQL authority started. Mm -hmm. And that this particular thing, like directly jumping into the problem and solving, become uh, my hobby, brand, and compulsion, however you want to say. And that's how the entire thing started with the multiple technologies. And yes, so that's a blog, that's my history. And 15 years ago, I just started as a... personal book, bookmark you understand 16 17 years ago google was just there just beginning so yeah, i started yeah, the yeah. blog
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah So i started this blog in 2006 as a personal so it's a 15 years ago well, as yeah, a personal
1: now.
0: yeah it's mm-hmm. a personal bookmark uh, saying hey i want to write and store it somewhere where i can go and search i know where my stuff is and i didn't know that it's a public and when i didn't know it's a public, then so people started to come in ask question and that's how I started. And people started to criticize my English too. Hey, what do you mean by that? And that's good. And I'm not complaining. Fine. See, I didn't know people are watching it. So I was just writing what comes to my mind or how I understand. And then I started to realize if I want to do it. And what I just mentioned to you earlier, that's how I started to write better English. That's how I started to be uh, better at technology and problem solving. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. I mean you mentioned you you started the blog 2006, right? 15 years on this. Let's talk about that as well. Over these 15 years, I think you probably agree with me the last 10 years or so have been a dramatic change in the industry, right? You as, as a as a as a consultant and, you know, a technologist in in India, how how have you perceived the shift that we've seen in the last 10 years, like what are the biggest changes that you've seen and how is it playing out in India?
0: So I think I would, I want
1: to say this, that
0: there are three things I want to just highlight out. First of all, um, I was just talking something to my wife a few days ago, and this is something very interesting. She just asked me, said, when are you going to install a new version of Windows on my machine? (laughs) And and I think that was a great point because she just got a pop-up, said, uh, hey, new version is coming up uh, of Windows 11 and you will get it free. And she was like, oh yeah, hey, when are you going to install it? And I was like, it will come automatically. Things will just come. And he said, oh, we have to pay for it too. I said, oh yeah, that's a good point. I checked, it's free. And um, I think tw- uh, the Windows 10 was released, I think in July 2015. So if you look at it six years ago. Coming to the point, my real point, why I told you this story or, or this a small analogy is that once upon a time we used to somehow install windows and that mm-hmm. was a big task right now it's just going to happen automatically it doesn't bother me and things are just going to run and i don't have to pay for it let me ask a second question and she uh, and this is what i was telling her and i think this i'll relate back to our recent technologies and things and she said oh so what are the apps and i said, like yeah you know all the apps going to be there in a browser anyway so we don't have to worry about apps part uh, there is a couple of things which we will install, which is very specific to what we are doing. Otherwise, 99% of the app is just going to be there when we log in into the browser, right? And mm. she said, oh, yeah. So I think this is how I want to talk about technology. The biggest shift, which I've seen it, that once upon a time, we were doing things. And now things are happening. And particularly, mm. I would just say cloud. Look at that way. Emails, right? I mean, storage, you want to increase the storage don't have to think about it, team provisioning, serverless, going to the cloud and things. So initially, when 10 years ago, when the internet was not as strong, uh, particularly in India and some of the countries, mm-hmm. we had a lot of challenges, lot of challenges. And particularly checking email, there was uh, two versions, like one is HTML and one is a rich JavaScript version and things like that was yeah, yeah. Uh, time of need. And something like if I want to transfer two gigabyte file, I would just look at for the USB drive and said, I'm going to ship it to you, things like that. Now the same thing we do for two terabytes because two gigabytes, just nothing. So I think the same thing has happened in a cloud in the data world too. Once upon a time, if I just want to strictly stay in a data world and say, once upon a time, I was called in for installing SQL Server, MySQL and other Mm -hmm. technology. People want me to come to their premises, sit with them, discuss plan, capacity planning, yeah, and yeah. lot not what we load.
1: load, And you have to do an order that will get filled in several weeks to actual yeah. blades to come in and somebody to rack them up and everything. Right.
0: And there is always one guy who is just not happy with the entire thing and continuously doubting where it holds well, or you are over provisioning. And have you done the workload testing? Now, how can we do workload testing? There is no way we say <laughs> We don't things. even
1: have the blades yet. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
0: So those kind of pressure and oh, and then there is a people say, oh, we need to tell our CTO this thing, properly provide information. It's like, but how do I provide? I, even, I don't know, actually. But anyway, those, day, those were the days when things were a lot of stress and particularly for where I am and where, um, where a lot of other countries which I used to travel to mm-hmm. do this thing and we all realized now today if you look at it um, my that problem is gone people are just like oh yeah we have aws you know uh, we have a, um, we have a amazon um, uh, we have um, uh, azure we also have an X-Space. oh we are hosting on a google we can always over provide and then decide to then optimize down, it yeah yeah i mean that i think more and more of my clients and right away are okay to over provision in beginning and then figure out what they can uh, remove from it or how they can save money or how they can optimize or maximize the usage consumption. I think the right word, which I should have said first is consumption. So previously we were talking about purchase, the physical storage or, or physical thing. Now we are all shifted to this consumption thing. Let's talk mm-hmm. about snowflake for a second. I like, you know when we were start- when I was starting with the snowflake, somebody said, Oh, snowflake is on a cloud. Oh, I was like cloud. Is it their own cloud? And then I realized very quickly or oh, they are smart enough. They are deploying on a multiple cloud. You can go AWS, you can go to Azure. Yeah. And if you want, you, you can also figure a few things out. Just download a thin client on your browser, you can connect it, um, or or you can just directly use that browser in their portal to do things. And you can build an app, just done in a second, get running, no compiling, no all those concepts. It's just beautiful. Things change, and I think that has helped rapid development of lot of issues, which um, some of the countries where internet was not as good initially. Now internet is good, but I think the habits has changed um, mm-hmm. uh, this thing. So this kind of innovation has helped us, helped me to stay yeah. with everybody else. Like I can talk to you comfortably. So many things because of the innovation of the technologies. Like I can, both of us, no matter how it is, we can provide any application so quickly that. It helps me to build, uh, stay confident, get things done, and focus on what I really want to focus yeah. instead of infrastructure struggle.
1: Yeah, exactly. Sol- solve the real business problems and not have to solve the infrastructure issues over and over, and right? Exactly. So I think this,
0: uh, this, I want to just say last statement, and then I want to complete the talk about it. So what I want to say right now, I feel confident overall uh, that any call I can attend, I can help the world clients, I'm no longer limited to one single specific area. And because of all these innovations in the last 10 years, what we have seen, I particularly see that I am more able to help the rest
1: of the world,
0: instead of just one specific area, or geographical area
1: rather. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that's another really good point. the marketplace of skills has really opened up, obviously, as the internet has become, you know, un- universally uh, accessed by by everybody. Uh, how, how is the shift? Uh, I'm I'm curious because I'm not familiar with the actual enterprise market in India. How is the shift to the cloud going there for big customers? Are they still hesitant about the cloud versus some premises? Have they embraced it? Is it half and half? How is it looking? So I'll just, I'll just sum it
0: up. So um, I can't talk for everybody, but I can talk for my clients. So let me just uh, represent my set of clients, large enterprises. What the number one challenge they have is the skills. It's not about, Mm -hmm. it's not, see, there there is always people talk about security concern, but eventually under the heart, you know, the security concern only comes if your code has a problem more than their code is a problem more than the provider yeah yeah if the provider is a problem it's going to be problem for million people so you somehow Mm -hmm. feel either i would be breached along with million people or i would be safe so that things you discuss but you're really not worried about it in one way or other way because that's a fate it's like earthquake it's a fate but i think the skill is the biggest challenge so most of the enterprise client where i usually go in And the conversation which I have to do with the senior management or the technical leaders is do we have a right skill? And that's where we find a trouble. The reason for not having a right skill is most of the products which is built, they're initially built keeping a focus of certain geography. Let's say one product and that is focusing on maybe their data center is in Washington DC, Washington. So now we know it's there. For anybody who is closer to that, your latency will be very little. You can easily go, you can reach in a five hopes to that particular one. But if we are going to host that particular place, for us, it's anyway 20,000 mile mm-hmm. uh, miles of round trip, 10,000 uh, miles of round trip. Anyway, let's not go to numbers, but there's a round <laughs> trip and it's, there will be 15, smart, yeah. Yeah, 15 hopes of the internet jumping uh, of this one to reach. And that's what kills us. Now, people talk about. Um, like when we are on a, uh, when the customer, my big customer build an application, application is going to be used on the ground with uh, sometime on a, uh, a 2G, 3G, 4G kind of internet. And at that time, if you look at the asynchronous transformation of the data, they have a trouble because they connect to their server. That connect server is going to, have to connect to uh, all the way to the Washington. And that's just the problem. That's mm. where a lot of latency comes, a lot of synchronization will be missed. So then how do we overcome this kind of challenges? was the biggest challenge a lot of enterprises have been facing. And that is why if anything new comes in, they're always worried to accept because they think it will be too geographically focused. And when the things are geographically focused, a lot of people will start using that product which is around the geography. So if the product is based out of Washington, then a lot of people around the United States would know that and we will not develop that right skill. here. We will start looking for a solution in a Singapore. Where we will start looking mm. for a solution in a Pune, Ahmedabad. So those kind of uh, things. So I think the skill building sometimes is the biggest challenge for enterprises, and they have struggled a lot. That's why yeah. a lo- lot of online collaborations has been a blessing, but still not up to the mark. That is what I feel. So they have a million. They have a lot of data. How to take it to the cloud? That's a challenge.
1: They are okay they're ready to spend
0: money okay. money has never been an issue
1: skill okay. so, building. so mentality yes. the mentality seems to be pretty forward-looking they're okay yes. with the cloud but it's just a matter of having the skills to be able to build modern architectures like you said that don't depend on a specific geography people right. that are you know knowledgeable about the cloud and what what they're doing correct and
0: and, and i think that brings us a very interesting thing like one of the things is that our our uh, developers or our our I won't say ground level developers but root gra- uh, grassroots level. What I mean by that, every piece of code is certainly coded by somebody. Eventually, it may be JavaScript, it may be HTML. Ultimately, we are going to see them in a browser, and somebody actually goes and code that. Now, the folks who are getting things done of the last mile or things which we're seeing is pretty young generation. You around mean. here, and that brings up very interesting um, problem as well as solution. The problem is they have not seen other technologies, and they they might be good with one, but when they have to um, do really enterprise grade work, they need to know Hadoop. Let's say, let me be specific. Oh yeah, you have to know Hadoop, and they say, oh yeah, we know Hadoop, but then they say, oh you have to learn Pig SQL. Now that's absolutely new learning from them because they've never worked with SQL. It's absolutely new learning for them because they never work with a JavaScript. So when this kind of challenges keeps on coming and that has to be overcome, that's why sometimes a senior uh, developers is something uh, we need. And we, mm-hmm. we have many of them, but sometimes um, they like to be managers. Let me say that way.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, instead of staying on the tech path, a lot of people eventually. Right. It, and, yeah. and that's interesting too. I mean, and that's maybe the trend. Uh, in IT in general, right? Yes. That a lot of people, as they get further and further into their career, they feel a little bit of the burnout of the actual tech hands-on work because a lot of times it's very demanding to your family life too, right? Uh, Like the weekend, burning the midnight oil, developing or coding until, you know, the wee hours of the night and so on, right?
0: You are very right. So again, as you said, very right. So as we grow older i think there's one challenge which i am facing and i wouldn't want to be honest about me this is not uh, generic to india usa or any other country but it's more to me um, in early time um i was uh, when i was alone when i was single where i was able to stay entire night up without anybody <laughs> yeah. and get things done learn technology and i was very impressed with the matrix movie you know there is a guy that uh, the lady sorry uh, doesn't know trinity doesn't know how to fly helicopter and people say oh do you know how to fly helicopter she waits for a oh, bit yeah, yeah and then they put the disc in and said oh yeah now i know let's go okay. in and so the same way I, I used to tell my folk uh, friends i said any technology you don't know ask me i'll know next day I'll, I'll stay up entire night i'll learn good now as as time progressed um my ability to do that is getting lesser and lesser yeah absolutely. and uh, at one point i was burdened with the family because the kid was young uh, yep. Now kid is older, so it's twelve. So I don't have to change uh, nappies and things. So yeah. that problem goes away, and now I can stay up longer if I want to because I don't have to feed. Uh, um, um the mother takes care of them. <laughs> My wife <laughs> takes care of her. But the point is, now I don't want to stay longer. See, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, a yeah. that's a mind shift. That's that's yeah. what has happened. Mind and, shift, of course. Yeah. Now I have again time to do that all nighter, but I don't think so. I want to do that anymore.
1: No, absolutely. No, I'm the same as you. I mean, I started the same uh with uh SQL Server early twenties. Now I'm approaching my forties. I have a, a little girl as well, and you know, I don't have any desire to stay up through the night. But the, you know, there's this IT, any any successful IT project needs all these different roles, right? They need yes. They need the younger people that come in wanting to use all the new stuff and they are okay yes. to burn the midnight oil they need people like ourselves as well that have more of a higher level perspective we've seen like the lessons learned the mistakes that other people have done but now if if you had some advice to give to the people that are just entering the it industry or the data industry in general. What is something that you would recommend to everybody?
0: That's a good question. So this is what I tell to every single client of mine when we are doing for performance tuning uh, with the data or any SQL platform is that we need to spend more time with our problem statement. Most of the time, we just look for a solution. And once we find a solution, we never quite grasp all the sides of our problem. And that's the problem because we don't understand the problem. If we spend enough time with it, we exactly know what was the cause of it, root cause of it, how we can solve it, um, how we can not even have it from the beginning, those kind of things. So let me just give you a brief, a very clear example of um, execution plan. Like a lot of time people think, oh, I can just create an index and I can create an index and I can get performance. Well, if you create an index and you get performance, second time when the same query is running slow, We'll start thinking about creating indexes. But there can be so many reasons for the performance loan. Mm-hmm. It can be dB, it can dB. Um, it can be your disk. It can be your I.O. It can be memory. One of the operator. You just did a sorting. Your workload got more. So many things. But we just mm-hmm. have to spend time with our problem. And I think that is true for anybody who is getting into any technology or learning new stuff. I think that's what mm-hmm. we want to do.
1: That happens a lot, especially with database systems, because they have so many, uh, especially, you know, when you're managing everything, right? Uh, You know, now we have some of the managed systems where you don't really control all the parameters. But when you're running it on your own, on your own infra, there's so many knobs that you can tweak. And a lot of times you think that something is the fix of a problem, but it's actually like a side effect. I'll give you you an example. You're probably familiar with this. When a client says, oh, the performance was really bad, uh, and then we ran an index rebuild, and it it got faster. So it must be index fragmentation that's the problem, right? But actually what happened was that the index rebuild refreshed the stats, so it generated a new plan, and it was the change in the plan that's actually the fix, right? Not like... The index rebuild. And then the client starts rebuilding their indexes every day and shuffling everything and burning all this IO and CPU and everything. Because the problem was never really understood, right? And that's exactly true.
0: And what you just mentioned is happening every single day. And I have a two kind of client who just want to understand the problem, who just want to know the solution. So for those who want to know the solution, I just tell them if index building is really fixing your problem, and then you don't need to hire me because you already know the solution. If you just want to know, if you don't do index rebuilding, what can you do? Let's talk about it. There are so many options. Like you can do option recompile, look at execution plan, find IO intrinsic um, uh, operators. So what not we can do. Sometimes people use 10, more than 10 tables in a join and one of them is left join and they don't get it. That left join itself actually forces order in the entire query, mm-hmm. um, and That's that cool. that just takes like I I feel like sometimes shouting when I see the queries like this. You are so right. Like you have a twenty left, a uh, twenty inner join, no problem. One left join is now forcing the order of entire joins, and that particularly takes away the intelligence of your database. They are no longer optimizing. It's it's it depending on your brain. So, if a situation like this comes, just divide that into two query. First, you do all the inner joins, put the data into the temp table or temp location or whatever it is, and then you join that with that one left join. Your problem will be solved, not the next rebuilding and things like that. You're so right. And that's the problem solution
1: That's do what. You, yeah. Do you find, I, I find this sometimes that the cloud in a way has also aggravated this problem in a way, right? Because it's so easy to just yes. crank up the the resources, right? So instead of trying to understand the performance issue, I can always just slide it. Just a little bit more, right? And I spend yeah. more money, but then my problem is instantly gone, right? Because I just threw hardware at it. And it's so easy to throw hardware at things in the cloud, right? It's just a little slider, apply and you're gone, right? How do we so- com- like battle this type of mentality, right? Of like, not is easier to just get an immediate result even though long term obviously you're going to be spending more money right
0: um you're so right so i'll tell you this way so i tell all my clients this is what i tell them I said if the hardware can solve a problem use the hardware to solve the problem and they said oh this is contradictory to what we hear in the industry people always say that we should um focus about tuning our application we should not be adding hardware and why are you saying add hardware. I said, this is my answer to them. I said, if hardware can solve a problem, then I think you're, you're, you have scaled enough in terms of hardware, that your application doesn't need to be tuned right now, you're okay. But eventually, you will start reaching to the point where you will realize that now I can't scale the hardware, and I need to optimize my uh, application, this feeling will actually make you serious to do things. No matter what I have done, I have built the videos for it on the internet that when you are, are running query for 16 CPUs, it is slower than running on a single CPU. No, I have done this kind of marketing. I reach out to the people's ear and keep on telling them more resources doesn't mean faster query. More resources means now there is a... Let, let's say this way. There are 10 men, 10 per people, 10 individuals want to go from location A to location B and you are giving them one bus, and bus can hold 20 people, then 10 is enough. 10 people can just go in a single bus. But what happens if you give them a 10 bus? You are actually burning more resources because single person is going to take more single bus. It's not gonna be faster, it's gonna be slower, actually. Mm-hmm. And that kind of demos which i built, and sometimes I show it to my clients, and they, they partially get convinced. It's so difficult for us to convey people that parallelism and parallel operations are two different things. You always want to do multiple things together. You don't want one thing to be done by multiple people. No, there, yeah. there is a big difference. And I don't think so that in, in as an industry or as an educator, as a, our school, servant, doesn't matter which country or anything, has done a right justification to this concept that sometimes um, it's okay to have a less resources and have a focus efforts instead of just doing distribution. Because I think that the world, right? Like distribution of work, distribution of the resources and kind of thing somehow in our industry, um, commodity hardware and things has, told, has done such a good marketing in initial time that I think now everybody thinks it's uh, better to have more number of CPU than instead of one powerful CPU. And I can totally get it uh, where it actually started, but it's, everything has an end to it or everything has a turning point or or that kind of what they call tipping point. I think at this point of time, more resources, sometimes things slows things down. I don't think so yeah. there is any solution. It's just, I think, realization rather I would and say. People, people and, realize- and people
1: have to, to um, understand systems architecture to your point, right? So- Yes. Uh, in IT, in it's like waves, right? Things come in as like what is fashionable to do, and suddenly right. everything is doing the same thing, even though it might not be what they really need to solve their problem. So your point, like for example, over the years, you've probably seen this as well, over the years, many people have declared, you know, RDBMSs as dead. Right, like oh, like oh, yeah. the, the that relational database is dead. Like MySQL, SQL Server, Postgres, whatever it is, it's it's dead. Like nobody's supposed to be building on it. Everything should be no SQL. I was once on a, a Cassandra webinar where the, the presenter said that what it, you know he said Cassandra is good at all these things, and they had a slide that said, So what are RDBMSs good for? And then it was like nothing. And it was like, you know, it's it's obviously laughable, um, but but it is something that happens a lot in IT, right? It's the, the shiny object syndrome, where people just look at the, the new thing and then they think everything that came before is kind of like, it's old. Right. And and you have to fight it with the uh, younger generations too, because obviously they come out fresh from school and they look at all the new stuff. And then they you tell them that, you know, you're going to work with, let's say, an Oracle database and they like almost think that's like, you know, it's legacy. It's like telling them to work with Fortran or COBOL or something like that, right? So it is something that we have to battle in IT a lot, right? The shiny object syndrome to just go with the right. newest thing, the newest library. Uh, sometimes they're not even like properly supported and, and things like that, right? So um, and, I, I, and, I've seen that for sure in the industry as well.
0: And that circles back to my original conversation about not having enough skilled people. That, that that is the reason, that's the primary reason sometimes we are not able to find the skilled people, mature people for a product to take it to the next level.
1: Yeah, and- it's, it's something that, especially nowadays with just the global IT um, software development marketplace, it's just, it looks for so many people. I, and it's right. hard to do find uh, really, really good talent. I mean, there's always a lot of people looking for work and whatnot, But, you know, maybe I I don't know if you've seen this as well, but in the last few years, I've noticed that the top performers on my team are not even necessarily the ones that know the technology the best, but they are the ones that are the most consistent, the most responsible, the ones that hit the deadlines, the ones that listen well, that communicate well, right? So these are like, it's interesting to me because at the end of the day, using technology is, is good, but it's some of the other human qualities that, that really separate the top performers from the other people, right?
0: And and I think, I know you invited me um, uh, to talk on this uh, podcast, but actually, if you, if I ask you, what are the three top things uh, you identify, or you look for, I mean, what is your experience? Like, this is the three things you will say, set apart them uh From other people like not the technology which you said so not the technology what are three things one of them i already said about mine one was like they know how to spend time with the problem that's what number one what would be other two things let's say
1: yeah yeah to to me the one that i I always say is that they are they follow through so they follow through with what they say that they're gonna do this is a really big problem i find and i it's probably not directly to it at all i think this is a universal problem with any any sort of project where people say i will do something by x and then they don't deliver right to me that all the top performers that i know if they say i will do something by this friday they will do it by friday and if they feel halfway that they're not going to do it by friday they will let me know in advance and they'll say hey i said i know i said by friday I will not yeah. have it by Friday. I will have it by Monday or whatever other time because of reasons A, B, C, D, whatever, right? right? The other people, again, the ones that I can identify that they're good with technology, but I wouldn't put them to lead a project, to lead a team, etc. They're the people that will say, oh, I'll do it by Friday. And then they don't say anything. And then Friday comes and it's not done. To me, that's right. like the fatal sin of, of, a, of a team member for a project, right? If you do that to me, it's like, you know I'm, I'm not gonna be happy at that point right that's a huge that's, thing that's no that's a, that's totally true so i
0: think what you say you do at least you do you try to do at least you give an honest attempt to that
1: yeah um, and if you don't it's okay if you don't but you explain right. why you couldn't and you tell people in advance right no surprises correct
0: and i and and uh, i am sure the third thing will be um uh, you, you will have a one thing and i would just uh i would just say one thing so beside both of this, there is one more thing which I always appreciated in a people uh, who just say no. I mean, I just like them. It's like not to getting work done, no. But when I asked them, said, do you know enough about this? They say, I don't think so, I know. But I would, now they accepted the truth, they do not know. They would go and find a solution. Yeah. Or they would at least seek for help or say, oh, I told you I didn't know. Now I have to learn this. Those kind of things. I just don't, uh, I think it's very similar to what you just said, number two. Um, I think sometimes people say, oh yeah, I will just learn it. I'll figure it out. I'm like, uh, that metrics Trinity, which, which will overnight out. No, no, that's not how you do. That's a, that's a, that's a, something you can do, but that is not something you have mastered. So sometimes we need that kind of maturity to, to spend time, understand it and say, yeah, you know what, if we just do this. Um, this will work a long time or this would be more of a thing work than a patchwork. Once upon a time, somebody told me that um, there is nothing more permanent than a temporary fix. Once you do <laughs> yeah, a yeah, temporary so fix... <laughs> yeah, yeah fix in a code it is going to be there forever so don't look for temporary fixes
1: people say oh we'll we'll go we'll come back to do the proper way in a few months it's like you're not no you won't right and this is how like how people accumulate all that what we call the technical debt right where over the time this accumulates to the point where one day the system is basically unmaintainable and nobody even knows how it's you know still running at that point right sometimes people right. are looking for the silver bullet the magic button that's going to fix everything it's like no you got to put in the work right that's that's really frustrating
0: and i think i this is i think i should have started answering this one because this is exactly i think we think way more alike than different um this is my problem i don't think so i'm ever getting angry or annoyed with any client who are paying me Um, uh, for anything, like they get late, no problem. They show personal problem, no problem. If their problem is very complicated or they change the problem statement after they hire me, no problem. I'm totally okay because things keep on changing. Uh, But I'm totally with you. What annoys me most is if you ask my advice, um, give it a shot, give it a go. Or or, uh, like a second thing which annoys me is like, yeah, we hear you, you say that, but other person said, it's not a good idea. We had somebody before you, or we think that's not a good thing. Um, give us something more. And uh, then it's it becomes very uncomfortable when you feel you are their second choice of solution, or you are their last choice, but you don't; they don't want to take this one as well, because they didn't take mm. the first one as well. So... Yeah. That makes me so uncomfortable, like yo, you didn't like the first guy, you didn't like my advice. Where do you want to go? I mean, yeah, what do you want to do? So As so what so.
1: exactly and again, and it's usually it's usually when the solution requires work, right? If yes. you were to come in and it was just like, oh, just turn on this flag, then it would be okay. But because you said no, you have to rewrite this massive 20 page right. view, then it's like, uh well, we don't really like that solution anymore. Yeah, right. exactly. So, so I, I wanted to I wanted to lead this in, into my my last question is, um, sure. what what advice uh, in general would you give to you know data related executives in the IT industry? You know the chief chief information officers, chief technology officers. Chief, now there's even chief data officers in many right. places in North America. What what's the advice? that you would give them to you know lead the industry in the next 5 10 years i i think i i give this is the this is what i told everybody
0: who hires me um, they are a director of it director of cto i mean cdo chief data officer i always keep them that um, keep your mind open for newer technology i am tired uh, looking at uh, looking at people making the older thing work Recently, I got a ch- work to do on DB2, and I'm okay with DB2. is not older technology, but the version which they were using is so old, and they were trying to make it work, make it work, make it work. Where you can get the same thing done on any of the platform online using their basic SQL offering. Like uh, you go AWS, install Postgres, you will be done in a minute, or you can just go and Snowflake, get started with your immediately with your. Um, Uh, data mart and lot and data warehousing solution and so quickly you don't need major hardware and things so Mm -hmm. i think this is the one thing which i want to tell everybody right now keep your mind open there is a solution out there and you just have to find it and sometimes you get it wrong start you can eventually um come to the right uh, right place so like like think about it Do you want to start a data warehousing you don't have to source so many blade servers, so much CPU, so much commodity hardware and things. Just go open some portal which where you heard about they have solution of data warehousing. Get starting with them. So if you are looking for data, uh, like as as we both have a little bit soft corner for the Snowflakes, well let's say oh yeah, go to Snowflake's website, open a portal. Do you are anyway hosting on Azure or AWS and get started with it. So be uh, open. Don't invest too much upfront. That's, That's where true. the problem starts.
1: Be, be more open invested. to experiment, right? Experiment and, and fail, right? That's what they say a lot with startups as well, right? right. Fail fast so that you can learn and, and keep going, right? Correct. There is no point. There is no point in investing
0: something. And then now we invested, we have to use that. That mentality, we need to let it go. And that would lead you to eventual right solution. That's what I tell people. Like yeah. people I mean, say, oh, we also... have a
1: Yeah. No, I was going to say that's also like the legacy on-prem mentality, right? Yes. Where if you had to, let's say, do a warehousing project, then first you had to select a vendor, right? You had to get the IBM or the Teradata or the Microsoft or the Oracle. And then you had to pony up, you know, a couple of million dollars for the licensing of an appliance and right. the cost of the appliance. Whereas now it's just like you said, grab your credit card, put it in yeah. Snowflake.com, for example. and if you have a small data mart you'll pay a couple hundred bucks a month right in compute yes. it's a, it's a totally different game
0: absolutely and and i think that is what i think we all have to remember that new thing will come and some will stay, some will go away it doesn't mean that we just say oh yeah I remember that word um we have to um see it went away same way we can't trust the new technology no you just have to keep a mind open Give it a go. If that is going to stay stay for a long period of time, it will stay or you will just fail. Like MongoDB, right? It stayed longer than everybody thought. I mean, initially everybody thought, oh, it's just blip, but no, it stayed. Now I see a lot of clients of that using it and their uh, their own challenges, but that's not the story today. Yeah,
1: yeah. so that's true. That's a good advice as well, right? The people need to switch their mindset to just embrace Embrace experimentation. Right. And, and right. also um, I find that leadership and executives in general have to understand that, you know, failure when you're just starting with something like this, it's okay. Right. It's expected Correct. and it probably will lead to to more innovation in the long term. Right.
0: Very, very true. So one of the things which I tell my client when they hire me, like said, um, this started like a few years ago when one of the client uh, asked me, said, we know we like you and everything. Can you tell me how we can get mechs out of you, uh, mechs out of your consultation and services? And that's what made me think like, oh, wow, this is a brilliant question. At that time, I didn't know the good answer. But if you ask me today, um, I would tell you that. Like, oh, people say, oh, what is, what is the best thing you have to offer? And that I would just tell them that I have seen a lot of system that I have experience about what doesn't work. I can share that with you. And that you can take it away because what works is always in a future. What didn't work in a history and that pile of information I can share with you. And that is true for every other IT and data thing. I'm sure there are so many people out there who know what didn't work. We just don't sometimes hear them properly. So we have to spend time with those team members also who has failed and has their own stories.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Pinal for uh for joining me today it's been a pleasure uh talking to you this morning this evening where you are and uh to everybody that's been listening if you enjoyed this episode please go ahead and review it and we'll be in touch until next time thanks for listening
0: thank you everybody and thank you this was so much fun to have a discussion
1: thank you everybody and bye-bye Navigating the Datascape.